Tonight we're going to hear about ocean desalination, and we're going to hear from Scott Maloney. And before I introduce Scott, let me just offer a couple of observations. Ocean desalination is a controversial topic. I've had two letters, one signed by a number of organizations, and several calls questioning my judgment in having the aquarium host a lecture this evening on ocean desalination. So let me state at the outset that hosting this lecture is not an official endorsement by the aquarium of the Poseidon plant in Carlsbad or the proposed Poseidon plant in Tunnington Beach. But in the future, many other states and California will, and many nations, will look to the ocean for more fresh water through desalination. There are a number of approaches to ocean desalination. The most common is called reverse osmosis, and that's what you'll hear about tonight. And it, it's a, the one in Carlsbad is a plant that exists, and it's operational, and it gives us the opportunity to do monitoring and research to assess any environmental impacts the plant may have, so we will be in a better position to make smart decisions in the future and we should exploit that opportunity. On July the 12th, we will host a panel discussion to explore the pros and cons of ocean desalination and different approaches to doing it. And we will look at it in the context of California and drought, growing population, and so on. And we will invite all of you to that panel on July the 12th. We at the Aquarium believe that it's important as a society to be able to explore controversial, complex issues from different perspectives. This institution is dedicated to doing that because we think that's how you make good decisions. So tonight I'm very pleased to welcome Scott Maloney, who's going to discuss the technical, environmental, and economic issues surrounding seawater, desalination, and why it will or will not help California persevere through this drought and the many more droughts that we will face in the future. Scott is Vice President for Development for Poseidon Water. He's responsible for managing the development of the company's Huntington Beach desalination project. He spent five years as Poseidon's public affairs consultant before joining the company in 2008. He began his career in Washington, D.C., where he grew up, and he worked on Capitol Hill before moving to San Diego in 1997 to serve as press secretary and spokesperson for San Diego Mayor Susan Golding. He previously served as vice president of Public Policy Strategies, Inc., a public affairs consulting firm. He's a graduate of Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, where he has a bachelor's of arts degree in public policy. He's a member of the Orange County Business Council, the Orange County Taxpayers Association Board of Directors, the Huntington Beach Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors, and a number of other important groups. Please join me in welcoming Scott Maloney. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you tonight. And uh, 
it's an honor to be here. I'm a big fan of the aquarium and the work that you're doing here. So just by way of background, Poseidon is a privately uh, held company. We are headquartered in Boston with offices in Texas, Florida, and California. And we're in the business of financing and developing water infrastructure projects with an emphasis on seawater desalination plants. We have the distinction of having successfully permitted, financed, constructed, and are now operating the first large-scale seawater desalination plant in the state of California in the city of Carlsbad, which is the largest desalination plant in the Western Hemisphere, capable of producing 50 million gallons per day of drinking water from the Pacific Ocean. When we talk about the ocean, one of the common questions I, I often get is, aren't you going to drain all of the water from the ocean with your desal plant? And that's obviously never going to happen. If you uh, ever looked at the globe, you will know that uh, there are 187 quadrillion gallons of ocean water. I don't even know how much that is, but there's a lot of zeros behind that number. But most of the water on the planet is not drinkable because of the salt content. However, the technology exists today to turn that salt water into potable water. Around the world, there are about uh, 15,000 seawater desalination plants operating in 150 countries, producing about 18 billion gallons of fresh drinking water every day. And an estimated 70 million people around the world rely on seawater desalination for their daily water needs. The plant that we built in Carlsbad, as you can tell by this uh, graph, is kind of in the middle uh, of the plant capacities that are operating around the world, 50 million gallons per day is the equivalent of 56,000 acre feet of water per year. An acre foot is the common measurement of water in California. There are 326,000 gallons in an acre foot, and an acre foot's about enough water for two households for a year. So let's talk about where our water comes from today. In Southern California, much of our water supply is imported. It comes primarily from two sources, Northern California through the State Water Project and the Colorado River. However, those sources of water are severely constrained. They're constrained by environmental conditions, climate change, and regulatory requirements. So it's pushing Southern California to look for new sources of water, water that are locally controlled, and water sources that are drought resilient. California is counting on seawater desalination in the future. California now regulates the Pacific Ocean and desalination is identified as a beneficial use of Pacific Ocean water for the state of California. Governor Jerry Brown's California Water Action Plan identifies as a primary goal the need for regional water supply self-reliance and specifically identifies desalination as one of the prongs of that self-reliance strategy. The California Department of Water Resources, which is uh, um, obligated to prepare a California water plan identifies about 400,000 acre feet of seawater desalination by the, the year 2030. And to put our efforts into perspective, the two projects that we're proposing, the one that's under uh, operation in Carlsbad and the one that's in development in Orange County, represent about 112,000 acre feet of the 400,000 acre foot goal. And the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, the super agency that imports water into Southern California for the 26 million residents, has an integrated resource plan that identifies the need for 200,000 acre feet of new local supply by the year 2040. MET hopes to get most of that supply from conservation, but conservation alone is not going to be able to fill that gap. New wet water supplies will be needed. You could start the video, please. I'm a big portfolio 
believer. I just think there's a portfolio. A lot of people are looking at brackish desal and more creative ways to do that. But I, I, I do think, I do believe that it, it's up to local agencies to figure out what mix works for them. I, I do think desal is, honestly, has different externalities. And uh, we did our policy to try and level the playing field and have rules of the road on marine uh, impacts, and that will play out. That was Felicia Marcus. Felicia is the chair of the California State Water Board. She has become the face of this administration during this current drought. And she was recently in Orange County talking about the role seawater desalination will play in the future. So why seawater desalination? Seawater desalination offers California, and Southern California in particular, a new local source of drinking water, reduces the need to import water from environmentally constrained sources like the Bay Delta and the Colorado River. It is the only truly drought-proof water supply that is available to the coast of California. It's, done, it's not contingent upon snow in the Sierras or rain in the local mountains or people flushing their toilets. The Pacific Ocean is the largest reservoir in the world and it's always full and we have the technology to turn that source of water into drinking water. In addition, seawater desalination produces a very high quality uh, of water the total dissolved solids in a, a reverse osmosis seawater desalination is about half of the TDS of imported water. So when you talk about seawater desalination in comparison to other local water supplies or potential water supplies, stormwater capture, wastewater recycling, direct and indirect use, a reservoir storage and transfers of water, desal stacks up favorably in terms of the pros and the cons. As I mentioned, it truly is the only drought resilient source of water and earlier this year, the state of California designated our Carlsbad project as a drought resilient source of water, which means that during a mandatory conservation requirement, that local water supply is discounted. I mean, it's credited so you don't have to reduce your demand as much because you have a source that's not, uh, can, not uh, dependent on strained sources like the Colorado River or the state water project. The historical impediment to seawater desalination has been cost. The environmental concerns are well known. They either can be avoided or mitigated, but historically seawater desalination just has not been cost competitive with other supplies. Today in Carlsbad, the largest, most technologically advanced desal plant in the Western Hemisphere, we can produce a gallon of drinking water for half a penny, half a penny a gallon. Now on the other side of the ledger is the cost of our traditional sources of water going up, and all of you that pay a water bill know that firsthand. If you go back to 1978, the average annual escalation of the cost of imported water from the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California is 6.4% a year. And what this graph shows is it's, it's more like a step ladder. It's not a steady decline but if you, or steady increase, but if you flatten that line out, the average cost of the increase of imported water is 6.4% per year. So I want to talk a little bit now, transition to uh, closer to home here, talk about uh, Carlsbad. Carlsbad, many believe, is a case study in large-scale seawater desalination plant development and will provide a roadmap for future projects in the future. This is a, an aerial photo of the site of the Carlsbad desalination plant. What you are looking at is the Agua Hedionda Lagoon. In English, Agua Hedionda means stinky or smelly water. And that's because in its historical natural state, it lar was largely a mudflat with very little tidal influence. In the 1950s, the, a power plant was built. And that power plant, which owns this lagoon, dredged the lagoon and created a permanent inlet to the lagoon and on a regular basis maintains that inlet. 
when that power plant is operating using its steam-powered electrical generators, the seawater from this lagoon cools those generators. And as a result, when the power plant's operating, this entire outer lagoon, right here, turns over in a 24-hour period. And so this, there's some really um, interesting history and uses at this lagoon that are, are not very well known. For starters, you may be able to see these dark sacks here. This is the home of the Carlsbad uh, aquaculture farm. This uh, aquaculture farm produces about a million pounds of mussels and oysters every year and puts it into the local uh, seafood market. The reason why they're so successful is because this outer body of water operates more like an offshore reef with water flowing across these sacks of shellfish, and the shellfish get all the nutrients from this flowing water. That would not be possible if it wasn't for the power plant's industrial use of this body of water. Over here is the Hub SeaWorld Fish Hatchery. This uh, fish hatchery has raised and released into the wild more than a million white sea bass, which are endangered. Over here is the YMCA Aquatic Park. Out here you can see boating. This is a fishing beach right here. None of these environmental, social, commercial, and industrial uses would be possible without the power plant's creation of this lagoon and its stewardship of this lagoon. And this source of water will be the drinking water for half a million San Diegans for the next 50 years. This is just an illustration of um, our site and the intake of the seawater into the power plant, how it discharges out to the ocean, and an illustration of where our project is on this footprint. We're about five acres of this larger industrial footprint along the coast of California. This is a flow schematic that shows how the water flows. Right now it flows in from the Pacific Ocean into the Agua Honda Lagoon through the power plant. The water that flows through the power plant removes the heat waste from the, the electrical generating process and flows back out to this mixing pond and into the ocean. And the only difference is the water is about 10 degrees warmer going out than when coming in because it's removing the heat waste from the power plant. Our initial design is not to pump water directly out of the lagoon, but instead to use the effluent or the wastewater from the power plant as our source water. So we'll redirect the effluent from the power plant to our treatment plant. It takes about two gallons of seawater to make one gallon of drinking water. So approximately 100 million gallons of effluent from the power plant comes into our desal plant. 50 million goes out as high quality drinking water. Our byproduct is seawater with twice the salt content. We're not adding any other chemicals or constituents to the water going back out to the ocean. It's just seawater that's twice as salty. And the configuration in Carlsbad is that we commingle our discharge with the millions and millions of gallons that are flowing through this power plant to dilute it so that by the time our combined discharge gets back out to the ocean, the salinity level reaches ambient salinity with a couple hundred feet. Now, in the long term, this power plant's going to be decommissioned, and they're going to rebuild using a different technology, and we'll pull water directly out of the ocean, and we'll be the stewards of this lagoon and maintain it for the beneficial use. It's an aerial photo of what the plant looks like. This is our uh, administration building and our water quality lab. As you can tell, it's very kind of innocuous in uh, architectural design, two-story building. If you can play the video, please. This is a video of how the process works. You see the seawater coming through the screened intake system into the power plant. The first phase is pretreatment. This is standard 
uh, multimedia filtration where the water flows through a bed of anthracite, sand, and gravel, removing the organics. The second phase is micron cartridge filter filtration, so that you have this seawater with all the organics removed that goes through this cartridge filter, and the byproduct of that process is ultra-pure seawater, so it's just the salt in the seawater. And then it goes into the reverse osmosis system. The reverse osmosis system separates the salt from the fresh water. And then finally, post-treatment. The water is so pure coming out of the reverse osmosis system that you have to balance the chemistry and the pH so it's not corrosive. And so afterwards, we, the water runs over um, lime chips to balance the pH, and then it sits in a setting tank for about an hour before it gets pumped out for uh, consumptive use. It takes about an hour, hour and a half for the whole process from water coming in from the lagoon to leaving the plant as high-quality drinking water. So in anticipation that my video didn't work, I have some still slides, but this is just a, an illustration of the different aspects, the different process. The seawater comes in, pre-treatment, there's actually two steps in the pre-treatment, reverse osmosis, post-treatment, water storage tank, and out. One of the um, evolutions in the reverse osmosis technology has been the use of energy recovery devices. Most of the cost of producing seawater desalination is in the electricity that it takes to force the seawater through the membranes. It takes about 900 pounds per of pressure to force that water through those membranes. We have in our plant energy recovery devices that capture the pressure from the discharge stream and recycle it into the RO process so that we can reduce the energy consumption of the RO process by about 50%. It's a major breakthrough in the seawater desalination technology that today makes seawater desalination much more cost competitive. This is just a picture of the 72-inch pipeline that comes in from the lagoon into that first phase, the pretreatment phase of the multimedia. Just a picture of the, the bed. Here's a picture of the micron filtration. That is the second pretreatment. Here's a picture of the reverse osmosis building. And you can tell that's a lot of membrane. If you took all the membrane and you rolled it out in a straight line, it would connect from Carlsbad to the Oregon border. Those are the pressure exchanger devices that captures the, the pressure in the discharge stream. So when the water comes into the RO unit, it separates into two streams, a drinking water stream and a reject or byproduct stream. These devices capture the pressure in the, in the discharge stream, recycle it into the front of the intake so you're reducing your energy consumption. Those are the pumps that then pump the water uh, up to the aqueduct that then distributes the water into San Diego County. There are eight pumps. They're each about 1,500 horsepower. There's the point where the drinking water leaves the Carlsbad plant. In addition to the treatment plant, we also built a 10-mile water distribution system, 54-inch diameter pipe. And you can see, it's a little context, how big this pipe is compared to one of the workers. This is stick number 2,177, a pipe that went into the ground to move our water from Carlsbad 10 miles east to where our customer, the San Diego County Water Authority, wants the water to blend with other sources and it flows by gravity all the way down to the Mexican border.
We started commercial operation in December, and to date we produced over 6 billion gallons of fresh drinking water from the Carlsbad facility. Start the video, please. By following the science and following up with critical monitoring and oversight, we'll provide millions of gallons of water, drinking water, every day and protect our marine life, our environmental resources, and recreational activities. California is a leader in a changing world, and today, San Diego County builds on that record. This project is the kind of forward-thinking solutions that our region takes pride in, and we will need more of this as we move forward into the future. That's previous past uh, California State Assembly Speaker Tony Atkins at our ribbon-cutting event in December where she called the Carlsbad Project a model for developing seawater desalination projects in the state of California. So I want to transition now to Huntington Beach. Most skeptics will say one desalination plant is an anomaly, two represents a real commitment. In fact, some of our adversaries have referred to Carlsbad as the horse that got out of the barn and said it will never happen again. So we're working on a second large-scale desal plant in Orange County in the city of Huntington Beach to really build on the success in Carlsbad and represent a commitment on the state of California to turn to the west for a new source of drinking water. This is an illustration of uh, the Carlsbad site. As you will note, it's very similar to, I'm sorry, the Huntington Beach site, very similar to the Carlsbad site. This is an industrial piece of property along the coast of Orange County. This is Pacific Coast Highway, the iconic Huntington Beach pier. Within this yellow outline is the footprint of what our plant will look like very similar to Carlsbad. One of the things you'll note here, though, is unlike Carlsbad, where the intake and discharge of seawater is in a lagoon, off of Huntington Beach, the intake and discharge are out in the ocean, which is actually a superior environmental setting than Carlsbad. We can produce the same amount of drinking water from the Huntington Beach plant using a third of the source water from the Pacific Ocean. So when you talk about seawater desalination, Jerry mentioned it's very controversial, or at least it has been. There are really three big issues that come up. First is the seawater intake, withdrawing the, the water from the ocean, the entrainment and the impingement of fish eggs and larvae and juvenile fish. The second environmental concern is what happens to the brine or the concentrated seawater that gets discharged back to the ocean, and finally, energy consumption. So I will briefly touch on these three issues. First, as I mentioned, the state now recognizes seawater desalination as a beneficial use of the Pacific Ocean. Last year, the State Water Resources Control Board adopted an amendment to the ocean plan that provides regulations for seawater desalination plants, the only regulations in the world specifically for seawater desalination plants that we are aware of. And what these regulations require is that a desalination plant use the best available site, design, technology, and mitigation measures feasible to minimize the intake and mortality of all forms of marine life. And it defines, the, the new regulations define feasible as capable of being accomplished in a successful manner in a reasonable period of time, taking into account economic, environmental, social, and technological factors. I think we all know that California has some of the most rigid, if not protective, environmental laws and regulations in the world. If you can successfully site, permit, design, and operate a desal plant in California, you could probably do it anywhere in the world. In terms of Carlsbad, we're proposing to retrofit the intake with a one millimeter wedge wire screen. As you can see from this graphic, a one millimeter slot width is uh, slightly smaller than the diameter or the, the width of a, of a dime. In fact, the dime can't even fit through these screens. So 
adult uh, marine life, uh, juvenile fish will not be drawn out of the ocean and into the, into the desalination process. State law requires that the velocity through these slots be a half a foot per second or less. That's slow enough for fish to swim away and not get impinged or press against these screens. The microscopic organisms that will potentially be impacted would have to be smaller than one millimeter to get through those slots. On the discharge side in Huntington Beach, we will retrofit the discharge of the diffuser. Seawater is essentially 3% salt. Our byproduct is seawater that's 6% salt. With this diffuser technology, we will be able to dissipate or dilute the discharge to a point where it reaches ambient levels within 45 feet of the point of discharge. The area of the benthic floor exposed to elevated salinities will be less than two-tenths of one acre. It's a very small area for impact. Our project will be the only project in the world that has a combined one millimeter screening system with a diffuser for the discharge system. A little bit about energy consumption. The alternative to seawater desalination, as I mentioned, is importing water into Southern California. That water comes into Southern California with a very big energy load, embedded energy cost. It takes about 3,300 kilowatt hours to import an acre foot of water over the Tehachapi's from Northern California to Southern California. Today in Carlsbad, we have real world operating data on what it takes to operate a desal plant and the energy consumption. Not a pilot plant, not a study from another country, but real world site-specific Carlsbad data. And today we are producing an acre foot of water in Carlsbad for about 3,300 kilowatt hours an acre foot. So it is comparable to the same energy consumption associated with importing water into Southern California. Also, in the context of energy consumption, you have to look at energy consumption in the context of, of basic consumer use. This is a graph that CNBC put out about a year ago that shows that running your air conditioner, a single server unit at a data center, driving a Tesla, or just hot water for a day takes more energy than producing drinking water from the Pacific Ocean. In terms of our commitment to carbon neutrality, the reverse osmosis seawater desalination process does not result in air emissions, direct air emissions of any kind. The only emissions that will be generated from our project are associated with the purchase of electricity. And both of our projects have a carbon neutral requirement where we will, on an annual basis, offset any indirect emissions associated with the purchase of electricity. Finally, we are lobbying at the state level to allow for renewable energy projects to directly power our facilities. Unfortunately, in California, direct access between renewable sources and end users is, is severely limited, if not prohibited. The state is going to have a glut of renewable energy in the years to come, and desalination plants are more than happy to take that green power. So that's the end of my presentation. I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Thank you.